Thank you for tuning in to the World Overcomers podcast. On behalf of our senior pastor, Andy Thompson, we appreciate your continued support and generosity. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast to receive updates when we post new content every week. If you would like more information or want to make a contribution to World Overcomers or Pastor Andy, visit www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast. Once again, that is www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast. Enjoy the message. Uh, Amen. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. God's favor, free people. If I could draw your attention to verse 2 of Romans chapter 12, where Paul instructs us, encourages us, and says to us, listen, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is. Don't become so enamored with the form of the world. Don't be so in love with the pattern of the world. Don't be so convinced by your generational perspective that you allow the pattern of this world to make you totally who you are. Be prepared to be transformed. Be prepared to be a little bit different. Be prepared for folk to not necessarily write. Be prepared to say some stuff that folk may not necessarily. Don't conform just to the pattern of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his perfect, pleasing, perfect will. I remember when I was younger and in school and middle school, high school, college, there was something about the test. I, if you are like me, you're just trying to avoid the test. You, 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 you rule the test. You, you're not excited about the test, although ultimately the test is an opportunity for you to see what you have learned, especially if you're in college, for everybody that's back going to school. I mean, you're paying them to teach you something. And so ultimately, the test is not just a judgment, but the test is an opportunity to see if you're getting your money's worth of this education that you're paying for. Avoiding the test is not wise. But there's something in us just as a result of not wanting to be judged or not wanting to feel bad or not wanting necessarily to face the truth about what we know or don't know. We don't like tests. We like things easy. But is easy always best? When I was younger, they had this thing called Cliff Notes. I don't know if y'all ever heard of Cliff Notes. It was this kind of book you could read so you didn't have to read the book. It was a way of trying to make things easier. And I, I get it. A part of the point of our growth and our technology is we, we want to make things easier. I saw a commercial the other day for a program. I think it was called Grammarly or something like that. And 
And, I, and Grammarly is, I, is this thing where before you pass your test in, you can run it through this Grammarly thing, and it's going to check your grammar, and it's going to check your sentence structure, and it's going to make sure that you see young folk waving at me. But I got you. But isn't the point to figure out how to form a sentence properly? Isn't that a little bit of the point? Isn't there something about that that stretches your brain? I don't want to sound like the grumpy old man. When I was old, things were better. But I'm just saying that isn't there something about this that is meant to stretch you? Just because it's easy, don't make it, doesn't necessarily mean it's better. Just because it's easier, I don't know what's going to happen if we make everything too easy. I think a part of what we want to do and, 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 and what we like to do even in the church is we just, we want to make it seem like it's a really simple thing. We... we we don't really deal with Romans 12 too, too much because Romans 12, 1 and 2 is saying, yeah, I want you to not be conformed to the pattern of this world. I want you to be transformed because you're going to have to do some testing. You're going to have to do some approving. It's a good question, and I'm going to move on. But my question to you this morning is, well, what have you tested? What have you tested? It's why I, I think faith, and I think of myself as a faith, but I think faith is obvious because you all have faith. I don't think not a one of you tested that chair before you plopped your 100 pounds or so. I won't call out accurate numbers, but you didn't test that chair. You just plopped yourself right into that chair with the faith <laughs> that it would hold you up. You didn't test it. You sat down in it. You got faith for the chair, but not faith for the word. Do you test your water? What's in your water? What really is in the water? Is that water really from France? I was reading an article just the other day about the water infrastructure of America, how old our water infrastructure is, and the pipes and for everybody that's on their city's water and the water being treated and what is it treated with. And even if you're not drinking it, when you take a shower in it and it's hot and it's steam, you're bringing it into your lungs. We are just, before you just go happily rushing, skipping down a path or something, it might make sense to test. I know we just want to make it easy, and we just want the rules clear, and we just want our perspective extremely narrow so that we don't have to do any testing and in the approving of what God's will is. But I don't think that that's wise, and I don't think that's mature. I think maturity is, is this God's will? Maturity is, let me step here. Let me see, can this hold my weight? 
Let me see. Does this work? Is this God? I'm sorry. I just feel like we live in a world in which we are entirely too convinced of our own rightness. We are entirely too convinced of our own perspective and we just think we know and it would seem to me that if we had wisdom, we would understand that it's going to take some testing and approving to find God's will. And when I think about testing and approving God's will, I don't know about you, but it makes me ask the question, how did we even get here? How did we even get to a place in which as a result of offering our bodies as a living sacrifice and holy and acceptable unto God and, and which is our true form of worship so that we can reach this ultimate place to be able to test and approve the will of God. How did we get here? How is that even the situation? I mean, can you imagine a God with this kind of power and giving people free will? When we're talking about testing and approving what God's will is, we're talking about you exerting the freedom of will and choice that you've been given through creation. When God created us, he created us as thinking beings and he created us with choices to make. It's why Paul is saying, right, you're going to have to be able to attest and approve what God's will is because you have a choice to make. I set before you life and death, blessings and cursings, choose life. If you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the best of the land. But if you resist and rebel, you'll be devoured by the sword, for the mouth of the Lord is spoken. The only reason why that's even an option is because you have free will. I mean, can you imagine the plight of an almighty God? Can you imagine? I know it's hard. His ways we cannot fathom. But, I mean, what a combination. When, when we come in this room and we start calling on his name, Certainly. When I'm saying, Lord, we need you. I don't know if you saw me in the room or, or, or watching, but when we were singing that song, which I love that song, I just reached my hands out because I'm saying, Lord, Lord, open up the windows, open up the floodgates, pour out. When we're asking God to pour out, we're asking him to exert his dominion. When we ask God for favor, we're saying, God, be God in my situation. Be God over top of anything. Be God over the political system. Be God over racism. Be God over sexism. Be God over lack. Be God over poverty. Be God over sickness. Be God over disease. Be God over cancer. Be God over drugs. Be God over the issue that may be happening with my child. Just step in and just be God like that. Be God like that. Just decide to be God and dominate. That's what we are doing when we're praying. We're praying. We're not asking God to ask for permission to do stuff. We're asking God 
to stop in our life. We're asking God to put his foot down. We're asking God to open up his mouth and say something. We're asking that it ain't over till God says it's over. We're asking like the centurion, just speak the word and my servants will be healed. That's why you're here. 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 You're here because you want God to move on your behalf. You are a whole nother kind. That's why I'm trying to see who's talking to me because you, you're a whole nother kind of person when you need God to move, when you need something to happen, when you need God to break something in your life. You don't get tired standing when you need God. You don't get tired of apologizing when you need God. When you need the Lord, you're more apologetic. When you need God, when you need a miracle, let's be honest. When you need a miracle, you is a holy somebody. You don't go to the bar when you need a miracle. Somebody offer you a drink, you're like, oh, no, no, I need God to move on my behalf. <laughs> when you, somebody offend you, you're like, oh, it's okay. You let folk go. People cut you off in traffic. You ain't even bothered. Not when you need a miracle because you feel like God is watching and I don't have a job right now and I need the Holy Ghost. You need God to move. You are looking for God to exercise his dominion. Can I get a witness in the building? I'm just proposing to us to consider how unique it is to have confidence in a dominion God and still have free will. It's extreme, especially today. It's very interesting for us to want to turn it on on a Sunday and get God to have his way. And then the rest of the week, we want to do what we want to do. We want to be how we want to be. Now, I see now on the left preaching God. We want to say what we want to say. We want to act like we want to act. We don't want nobody telling us hardly nothing. We don't want nobody bothering us. You ought to be glad I even came to church. Because at this point now, God is all at my convenience. Is it convenient for me? Is it close to me? Is it a time that I like? Can I make it down there? It's just so convenient for me to now watch through this. And so I want God to come to me in my moment of time. And at the same time, I want him to dominate. I want him to have dominion over heathens and maybe not have dominion over me. <laughs> I want him to have dominion over a system and I still get to do what I want to do and be how I want to be. And can't nobody tell me nothing and don't you say nothing to me and don't you dare offend me because I do have the Holy Ghost. It's like we want a dominion God and still be a free people. And the thing that's amazing to me about it is, this is God who gave us this power. It says something to us about him. What a combination. A dominion God and a free people. 
a free people asking God for favor. Oh, I speak favor. I'm speaking favor over me and favor over you and favor over my money and favor over this situation. Oh, yes, I am. No, I'm believing God for favor. I'm believing for God to intervene. Can I speak that? The intervention of God. I speak the intervention of God over every one of our lives and over my life as well. But we have to, and we have to understand that the intervention of God is not the only way that God exerts dominion. And it's just, it's interesting, elders, interesting that when you look at Psalm 103, I mean, and Psalm 103 just makes my point. And I mean, I know I read verses 19 and 20 and 21 and 22, but if you look at the whole psalm, the beginning of the psalm is, praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name. We know that psalm. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. So it starts off thinking about his benefits to me. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all the great stuff he does for me. And what has he done for me lately? What has he done for me lately? What has he done for me lately? Because that's why I bless him. Praise the Lord, O oh my soul remembering his benefits, who heals all of my diseases and redeems my life from the pit and crowns me with love and compassion and satisfies my desires with good things so that my youth is renewed like the eagles. I wish I had a witness in the building. <laughs> the Lord works righteousness and justice for the oppressed. He has made known his ways to Moses. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse nor will he harm his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. Am I reading the word in the church? Can you feel the anointing on the word of God? Shouldn't just have to be on me and on the service. The word's anointed. I'm reading the word to you right now. What David wrote talking about the Lord. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He will not always accuse. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are from the earth, so great is his love for those of us who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, as he had removed our transgressions from us, as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him, for he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. Come on, I need a wisdom. I need a wisdom. I need a wisdom. What are we talking about? I need a witness. We're talking about God. We're talking about God's love and his power and his compassion and his and uh, his, as, a, as him looking at us as children and he knows how we're formed and and all of this stuff. It's so amazing. I love it. It's one of my favorite psalms. Mostly I read that. I don't really read down at the bottom. Because the bottom starts to talk about God's dominion in himself disconnected from us. The first 
14, 15, 16, 17 verses are just us talking about how great he is to us. And let's bless the Lord because he does not treat us as our sins deserve, removes our transgressions from us, and, and as far as he's from the West. And it's just, it's just extremely typical. We're us focused. We think about us. We're about us. We're like, what's the Lord do for us? And we praise the Lord on my soul for all of these benefits, and we list the benefits. And it's not till we get down to the end that we actually say, you know, the Lord has established his throne in the heavens, and his kingdom rules over all. So we saved that at the end. We saved that after we'd have shouted for how he's removed our transgressions from us. And then we actually stop and say, you know how God is? God is so powerful that he has established his throne above everything. And his kingdom is first. His kingdom actually rules over all. This is when we start to get a little quiet. And this is when the shouting goes down. And this is when we have to start getting, we have to start facing the possibility that maybe everything God does is not just about us. Mm, I know this is not a popular message in today's church, but maybe, just maybe, God has a plan that doesn't just revolve around your need. As a matter of fact, I would contend that a part of why the Lord allows some of us to go through what we go through is because he wants to use us to get something done that he wants to get done. Oh, I wish I had a witness. I know I've been like, Lord, you didn't have to do me like this. You didn't have to leave me in this situation. But you know what? All things work together for the good of us who love God and are called according to his purpose. And this thing didn't make sense until I began to realize that maybe God wanted to use me in this way. God wanted me to survive cancer so I could have faith for other people to survive cancer. God wanted me to survive a heart attack so I could pray for other people that had a heart attack. God wanted me, he allowed me to go through losing my job so that I won't be shook by my job and shook. He let me go through that so I could find out that he's my source. And then when somebody else is in trouble, I can say, look, you ain't said nothing. God is able. Let me tell you how I know. You should have seen me three months ago, but God, now I realize why the Lord allowed me to go through that. He allowed it because he has a plan that's not just about me. Oh, I need a witness in the building. I need a witness in the building. I, I think it's an important thing to acknowledge. The Bible tells us, be careful that you don't forget God. So it says, Bobby, be careful. Once you get in your nice house and once God meets all your needs, once he forgives all your sins and removes all your transgressions and heals all your diseases and redeems your life from the pit, and once you get your stuff and you got your job and you got your money and you got your man and you got your baby and you got your boo-boo and you got your thing and everything is popping off, the Lord says, ah, now remember, be careful not to forget me after you get everything that you thought you was 
Be careful that you don't get so into your money and your house and your stuff that you forget me. Because if it had not been for me, woo, if it had not been for the Lord on your side, you'd have lost your mind. Somebody got to give God a praise in here. You wouldn't be here but God. You wouldn't be alive but God. No, if you don't praise him, the rocks are going to cry out. You better give God praise for where he brought you from. Sit down, sit down, sit down. We have to be careful, beloved. We have to be careful. And I, I know, I know, I know I'm not trying to scare you, but it's kind of crazy how we don't need God till stuff go bad. You ain't been to church in six months. You ain't been around. You are not asking what you can do for God. Ask not what your country can do for you. Ask what you can do for your country. That's JFK. Some of y'all don't even know. Stop asking just what God can do for you and start to ask, what can you do for the kingdom? What can you do for his house? What do you do? Do you serve? What do you do? Or are you only about you? You know why? Because things are fleeting. I need a witness in the building. Stuff is fleeting. It's here today. It's gone tomorrow. And if your relationship with God is based on your stuff, then you're in trouble. You got to have it focused on more than just your blessing. And don't get me wrong. I want you to be blessed. I want God to make you rich. I want you to be wealthy. I want you to prosper. I want you to be in good health, even as your soul prospers. Most definitely, I'm your pastor. That's what I want for you. No doubt about it. But I don't want you to get it and forget God. I don't want you to get it and forget that he's the one that empowered you because you can't just exert his dominion in your need. But this is the challenge, right, son? The challenge is we want a, dom we want a dominating God and a free people. And God has given us this freedom. And the thing that's so interesting to me about the Lord, and the older I get, the more I know him, and the more I realize that I don't know him. Do you understand how confident you have to be in your dominion to give people free will? Part of the reason why many of us have a problem with the word dominion is because we've only seen dominion exerted by men. And when humans exert dominion, it ends up being very restrictive. 
When humans get their hands on dominion, folk get enslaved and folk get robbed and folk get hurt and the rules get real tight because you're not really all that sure of yourself if you're the only one that can have power. Any of you in this room or watching me around the world who have a bad boss, chances are you have a bad boss because someone has been elevated to a position where they're a really good doer, but they're not necessarily a good leader. A good leader isn't intimidated by anybody else's gifts. Oh, I wish I had a witness in the building. A good leader ain't bothered if you know what you're doing. I ain't shook by no gift on, I always have gifts. I'm not trying to hold myself by, I always have gifts on this stage. Because ain't nobody shook by nobody's gift. I'm like, Jaleesa, forget up there and scream and sing and do what you do. When Brian Bullock came here, he was like, do you mind if I sing? Do you mind if I, I said, do, do you. Do the best you, you can do. Because this is my church I built this place. I built this stage. And anything I put on this stage ends up reflecting on me anyway. Oh, folk didn't like that. Okay, God did it through me. Okay, you can clap now. But there was no world overcomers before I came to Durham. There was no world overcomers before I came to the Raleigh Durham. Oh, God is on the area. No, God is on me. The Spirit of the Lord God has anointed me. He has filled me with Himself. Otherwise, you would not be here if it had not been for the Lord on my side. And if I hadn't brought myself to this country place, you would not know God like you know Him. Go ahead and tell God something. Be glad you got a man of God that will tell you something and ain't scared to put Josh up here. If this message has blessed or encouraged you, feel free to visit www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast and learn more about WOCC or donate to the ministry. This enables us to continue to impact the kingdom in the best way possible. Nobody's scared of no John Davis and his little anointing. I'm like, go ahead. Do you, boy, when you know who you are. You ain't scared. If you know you a woman, you can make a sandwich. If you know you a man, you can change a diaper. Get out of here. If you really a man, you can wear pink. You just have to open up your legs real big. If you really a man, why is everybody so insecure? It's because they shook. Do you understand how much power God has, Elder, where he says, you know what? Even though I'm God, and even though I sit high and look low, and even though I can do whatever I want, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make man in my image, in my likeness, and I'm going to let them rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, and the beasts that move along the ground. Do you understand how confident you have to be? to let people make choices, especially when you know better. 
No, I need a witness in the building. Especially when you know better. Do you know how much strength that takes? It takes strength as a parent for all of us who are parents whose children are getting some groan on us. Getting some groan on them. You won't have a relationship with them if the only way you can interact with them is authority. You have authority as long as they're living in your house because your responsibility gives you authority. But if the only way you can deal with them is through authority, then inevitably you will not be able to have a relationship with them, especially if they're strong. You will either keep them weak and dependent on you or you will be strong in yourself and be okay with the fact that they don't have to do everything you say and you're still their mama. Oh, I need a witness in the building. You know why folk are clapping? Because there's people in this room who barely have a relationship with their mama, barely have a relationship with their daddy because the only way they know how to function is in authority. But influence is power. I got children getting grown, and I have to take a step back and respect the decisions that they make and don't make. I can't make them do stuff. I got to say, well, elder, this is where they are. If they want to come to church, they can come to church. You want to ask me about the Lord, I'll tell you about him. I'm not going to throw my pearls before swine. I know the truth. One of these days, you're going to need God. And when you come and talk to me about him, I'll tell you about him. You're going to need him before he need you. Oh, I need a witness in the building. Sometimes we're just almost too much in a rush. When I was younger, there was this, uh, when I was, I was working in, this, in, in the church in Boston, and there was a woman in my church, in my dad, it was my dad's church, and she kept trying to get me to go visit her nephew who was in jail. He was in serious prison. She wanted me to go visit him. She heard me preaching, so I want you to go visit my nephew. And I was like, yeah, 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 whatever. And she kept coming back over and over and over. Why don't you go visit my, my nephew? And I mean, I, at the time, I was 23, 24. I was just into, I'm preaching, I'm doing my thing. Maybe maybe I was maybe 27. Anyway, whatever age I was, I wasn't interested in it. And then the Lord reminded me of a passage that said, when I was in prison, you came to see about me. And the Lord said to me, oh, so you so into the stage, but you can't go visit somebody in prison. And so I went to visit this guy in prison. He was somebody, he was in jail for robbing drug dealers. Do you know what kind of criminal you have to be? To rob criminals. And I went to visit him. I put my, get my information. I got a little card where I could buy a sandwich. And I went to visit him. And I bought him a sandwich. And I sat there. And we just talked. I didn't say nothing to him about the Lord. I didn't say nothing to him about God. Not one thing. Not a word. I just met him, talked to him, just had a conversation with him. And then after maybe our time was up, I left. And I liked him. He was a knucklehead thug, but I liked him. Sometimes you like him. Come on. Don't act like you don't like no thugs. Some of y'all are married to an ex-thug. You need to get... 
Don't make me call you out over there. What I'm saying is I liked him. He, he was, I liked him. He was a knucklehead. He was a thug, but he was big, but I liked him. I started going back. I visited him. I was visiting him like maybe once every two weeks, a couple times a month. I would go sit down, have a conversation with him, spend an, spend an hour with him, and then I'd leave. And after three months of it, he, the, I went to visit him, and he said to me, now, my aunt told me you're a preacher. And I said, yeah, I am. He said, well, when are you going to talk to me about God? I said, oh, do you want to know about God? Because I'll introduce you to God if you want to know him. You're the one locked up in jail. I'm not going to tell you about him if you don't know you need him. I'll tell you about him when you realize you need him. Oh, I need a witness in the building. Sometimes we just got to let folk come to Jesus. I wish I had a witness. Sometimes we just got to let people come to Jesus, and we have to stop being so much about ourselves. I don't even know where I am in this sermon. Here's my point. He ended up getting saved and getting out. And, uh, he's a great guy now. Here's the point. The point is, that there is a call on your life. Tell somebody there's a call on your life. Ooh. Come on, tell somebody else there's a call on your life. That was weak. Because we don't really want, we're like, we don't really, we don't want to say it because we don't want to hear it. God doesn't just exercise dominion just in the blessing you. When we get to the end of the psalm, he says, bless the Lord, O my soul. Praise the Lord, his angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding, who obey his word. That's talking about angels, but you know who else that is? That's somebody in this room who's trying to be a mighty one, who's trying to be somebody who obeys his word, who's trying to be somebody that does his bidding. The same God that should be able to speak to you about a deal is the same God that should be able to say to you, say something to that person real quick. Hey, tell that person your story. Hey, I want you to pray for this person real quick. We're so open for him to dominate in our money, but we're not necessarily open for him to dominate in our lives. Praise the Lord, you heavenly hosts, you servants who do his will. Praise the Lord, all his works everywhere in his dominion, in his dominion. How does God's dominion and free people come together? How does God exercise dominion? That's why I was telling that story. Thank you, Holy Ghost, because we're so used to people exercising dominion 
in an insecure way. We find ourselves in a weird situation with a loving God because how is he a loving God and a dominion God? Because when we think dominion, we think hard stuff. We think rules. We think guilt. We think condemnation. We think punishment. But... (laughs) We have to realize that it was the Lord that gave us the free will in the first place. So his perspective about dominion is different than ours because his ways are not our ways. And his thoughts are not our thoughts. As high as the heavens are from the earth, so are his ways higher than our ways and his thoughts higher than our thoughts. He's not like us. We make him like us so that we can understand him. We make him like us so that it can be okay for us to dominate in an insecure way. So we're going to dominate our children because we're insecure. We're going to dominate our women because we're insecure. We're going to dominate men because we're insecure. We're going to dominate our employees because we're insecure. We're going to dominate the nation because we're insecure. Because we're insecure. And so now we have to make dominion like ours based on our insecurity. But God knows who he is. It's why Jesus took his outer garment off, got down on his knees, washed his disciples' feet. The Bible says that Jesus knew he was from God, knew he was returning to God. See, his dominion is different. Dominion is different when you know who you are. Can I get a witness in the building? It's a different kind of dominion. And the way that God exerts dominion is different than the way that men exert dominion. And I asked the Lord, okay, well, how do you exert dominion? Because you're a dominion God. And you've given us free will. You're not not exerting dominion by taking our free will away from us. You're saying to test and approve what your will is. So that means you're going to leave me with choices. I'm going to have to actually find somebody. God is not speaking a name. I'm going to have to actually go on this interview. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? I'm trying to help you and me. The the chances that God is going to say, Cisco. (laughs) Folks who talk like that, that's that's, that's not real. That's rare. And they must be getting ready to do something really big at Cisco. That don't happen a lot. 
If you're sitting here watching me or in this room and you feel like, well, I guess I'm not that spiritual because the Lord didn't say GlaxoSmithKline to me. I don't know where. You're going to have to go sit down with them. You're going to have to go sit down with Cisco. You're going to have to work on you. You're going to have to test and approve what God's will is. You're going to have to listen to them. What you're offering? Thank you very much. And then you go over here. What you offering? Thank you. For, and be in prayer for the whole time. And you're going to have to say, now, Lord, where do you want me to go? Where do you want me to be? And you're going to make mistakes. And you're going to be like, you know what, Lord, I should have listened to you. There was something about that. Super, something about them up there. I knew they weren't right. And you learn. And the next time you find yourself in that situation, you obey what your inner witness says to you. Can somebody be honest with me in this room? Most of us who have regrets, regret because our inner was saying, ah, 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 don't do this, and we ignored it. But that is a part of the process of testing and approving what God's will is. It doesn't mean you're less spiritual. It means you're human. You are a human being. Sometimes you hear clearly, sometimes you do not. Sometimes it's hard to hear clearly when your heart is broken. I need a witness in the building. Sometimes you're sane, sometimes you're crazy. No, I need a witness in the building. I need a witness around the world. Have you ever looked back on a time and you're saying, I was crazy. I was crazy. I can't believe I did that. My God. And I said God wanted me to do that, and it wasn't God. That's a lesson for me to test and approve what God's will is. I believe in the favor of God. I preach the favor of God. I pray God's favor over everybody in the room. But I just understand that there is a way that God exerts favor. There's a way that he exerts dominion that is not what we normally think or see. It's not the norm. We're, we're used to a dominion that's not a godly dominion. But God in his infinite wisdom has a power to exert dominion in a way different than what we're used to. As a matter of fact, when I look at the word, I see seven paths to God's dominion. Seven ways in which God exerts his dominion over people that are free. And if you want to hear that, you will have to come back next week. <laughs> Tune in next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. If you heard a word from the Lord, put your hands together. Now, before you go, let's give. Come on, let's give. Let's do a building fund offering real quick. Let's give to the work of the kingdom of God, and let's allow the Lord to touch your heart. We're going to put this picture here on the screen. You can take a picture of that QR code. It will take you immediately to a place where you can make a pledge to Victory Park. What's Victory Park, Pastor Andy? Victory Park is the place we're going. We don't own these buildings. 
We got a whole lot of square footage here, 100,000 square feet of footage here, square footage here. We don't own it. We're still in a lease situation. We're on our way out. Victory Park is this land we own. We own a lot of land, beloved. We own about 26 acres. That's not that far from us. We own another 63 acres on Cheek Road. World Overcomers owns, owns almost 100 acres of land. We got plans. We got stuff we're going to do together as a church. You want to be a giver. Can I get a witness in the building? Just because we're in these lease spaces doesn't mean that we haven't been purchasing property. We've been purchasing property. It just made sense for us to lease. And so since it made sense for us to lease, we leased. But we still went and bought land. And we own almost 100 acres of land. And so we've got a 20s. What is it? How many? Is it 26 acres? 25, 26? So we own this 26 acres where we're going to build this Victory Park, which is where our church is going to be. And then we own another 63 acres. And we got something. Gentlemen, we've got something we're about to plan to do on that 63 acres. We're going to let you guys know about it. But we want you to be a giver. Okay? Just Not just pay your tithes. Yes, pay your tithes. But also give to the work of the kingdom of God. You can't beat God giving. Now, what that means is when you attach your wealth to God's kingdom, it gives you, not only does God empower you, but it gives you another level of confidence when you know that your money is not just about you. If right now you're saying, Lord, bless me with this job. Believe me, I'm telling you. If you go into the job interview and you say, Lord, I need you to bless me with this promotion because I'll be able to give more to the kingdom of what we're about to do, you have a different level of confidence. It's not just that God hears you differently. It's that you walk in there like, oh, no, the Lord has opened up this door because I've made a commitment and I'm, I'm a part of a church and I'm a part of World Overcomers and I, I'm a member. I go there all the time, which means I'm a member. I tune in every Sunday, which means I'm a member and, I, and this is where I worship and this is where I serve and this is where I give. I don't just take, I give. $5, $10, $20, $25, $30, $40, $50. Don't get the latest phone and not help us get into the latest building. See how I turn that around? Don't be so about yourself. Don't just take the first part of Psalm 103. Let God be God in his dominion. Let God be God in his dominion. The NFL quarterback that I, I talked to and used to talk to quite a bit and you know he first got in the NFL and he was doing, I, I could say his name but I'm not going to and then he got his after his first little rookie contract he got a big no joke contract and when he got the big no joke contract he called me, he said can you tell me about this tithing thing again I said yeah it was easy to tithe off the little contract making you nervous tithing off that big contract Yeah, why am I doing this again? I said, well, the first reason why you're doing it is because God promised to rebuke the devourer on your behalf. So by you giving, you're believing that he's going to keep linebackers off your knees. He said, oh, <laughs> so, that your, so that your career will be longer? If God knows he can trust you to bless his kingdom, there's a protection that will be on you. He said, yeah, 
I said, number two, now that you've got this contract, if you're smart with your money, your children's children's children won't have to work. He said, that's true. I said, so Smith, every major investor is going to be calling you now, trying to get you to give them something, and they're going to tell you, give us this money, and we'll return it to you, 2%, 3%, 5%, 7%. He said, yeah. I said, all right. So imagine the Lord is knocking on the door, and the Lord says, hey, I'm, I'm not E.F. Hutton. I'm not Wells Fargo. I'm not Smith Barney. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I'm the first. I'm the last. I'm the one who was and is and is the come and if you give me what I ask you to give me I'll bless you 30, 60 and 100 fold. I said the same faith it takes to invest is the same faith it takes to be a tither. I need a witness in the building. You ain't got faith to tithe. You don't have faith to invest. He said I got you got me past Andy. He was ready. He said, ah. I said no, no, I'm going to give you one more. When you give to the kingdom you live forever eternal life, Elder Clark. You live forever. This is something we don't do, especially black folk. We don't do this. Our white brothers and sisters do this better than us. Die and leave money to the synagogue and leave money to the church and leave money. They realize that they live together. They live forever. You can go in there and see a stone with their name on it. You, you go work out at the, what is the Duke one? The Emily K... They put their name on stuff, so you still saying it. We just, we just, <laughs> but when you, when you give, especially to the kingdom, you leave something behind you. You make a mark that you were here. I want us to make a mark that you were here. More than just your clothes and more than just your hair, more than just your nails and more than just your shoes. but you leave something for generations following. Amen? So put it, take a picture of it again. Did, I, did that help anybody? I said, oh, okay, Pastor Andy, let me give something. Don't eat more than you give. Don't leave here and go get a chicken sandwich and didn't give anything in the kingdom. Around the world, this is not Netflix. You're not using somebody else's membership. You're not dialed into somebody else's HBO Max right now. You give, and it shall be given unto you again. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it's measured unto you. Amen? Come on, let's, let's give. Lord, I thank you for this opportunity that we have to give. God, I thank you for this opportunity that we have to be used by you. God, I thank you for this opportunity that we have to be a part of the kingdom. You said to seek the kingdom first. Not seek it only, but to seek it first. Seek it first. And everything else will be added unto us as well. And so, God, we give. We take a step back and we give and we sacrifice and we give to the upbuilding of your kingdom. And we're believing for jobs and better jobs and raises and benefits and bonuses, new businesses. And we're believing for checks in the mail, gifts and surprises. We're believing for inheritances. We're believing for land. We're believing that you'll make a way for us. We're believing for favor. But God, also, we want to be a part of what you're doing. 
Use us, we pray. In Jesus' name, we all sit together. God bless you as you give. Just let the buckets pass before you jump up and run out the door. It's only 12.02, okay? So we're about to go in just a minute. There's so many awesome, exciting things happening here at World Overcomers. And um, Pastor Tony gave me something about we're having a men's health summit this Saturday. Gentlemen, we're doing a men's health summit right here, World Overcomers. There's going to be presenters on all aspects of men's health, from cancer to prevention to, not, to nutrition to all kinds of different things. And so if you're concerned about your health, and uh, gentlemen, you should be. And so this Saturday, is at, what time is it at? 10 a.m. This Saturday, you can come here to World Overcomers. And at 10 a.m., gentlemen, you can come get checked, screen, hear presenters, make sure you're good. And uh, this is just a part of what we're doing as we're continuing to strengthen ourselves and strengthen the community. And there's so many awesome things that are happening. Well, if you can, t you can bring someone. Doesn't just have to be you from a from the church. You can bring your friend, and y'all roll through here at ten. And before you go get a sandwich or something, you can come and make sure you can eat the sandwich before you eat it. Get your blood pressure tested. Get your blood pressure tested. Get your colon checked. Huh? Not on Saturday, but <laughs> Pastor Tony said not on Saturday. Is that what mean? Will you lift your legs, sir? No, that's not happening on Saturday. But you need to get a colonoscopy. Ladies and gentlemen, definitely gentlemen, you need to get a colonoscopy. Did you know that a colonoscopy is preventative as well as exploratory? All colon cancer starts as polyps. It's polyps first, then cancer. And if they find polyps, they take them. They take them. I went and got my colonoscopy. They, they put me to sleep. I didn't feel a thing. Woke up and I woke up like, ooh. I was asleep. I told, they said, would you like to be awake? I said, no, knock me out. They found some polyps. They found a couple of polyps in me. They took them out. I said, thank you very much. Appreciate it. We found some polyps. I said, what'd you do with them? We left them there so you can pray. I said, no, 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 take them out. It's preventative as well as exploratory. I wish I had a witness in the building. Get screened. Know what you've got going on with you so you can know how to take care of yourself. I want you to live long. Gentlemen, we got work to do. Ladies and gentlemen, we got work to do. All right, jump on your feet. It's good for us to be here. Good for us to be here. Good for us to be here. Come on, let's pray. Lord, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for every visitor that was with us. Thank you for every visitor that watched around the world. Thank you for what you're saying to us. Thank you for your dominion. Thank you for the favor of God. Thank you for the power 
that you are exerting on us through your son. Dismisses from this place, but never from your presence. Covers with your blood as we leave, as we go home. Strengthen us to do your will. And God, as we always pray, let the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart be acceptable in your sight. Because God, you're our rock, you're our redeemer. We really love you. And God, we pray that you would bless your people and that you would be gracious to your people and that you would smile on your people and that you would put favor on your people in the name of the Father and of the Son. In nomine Patria, Filia, Spiritus Santi, have your way in us. In Jesus' name, we all sit together. Amen. God bless you. So glad you came to worship with us today. Hopefully you were blessed and encouraged by this message. Visit www.worldovercomers.church slash podcast for more information on WOCC and events that are coming up. Maybe we are coming to your area soon. God bless.